0: Welcome to the Doxa Dialogue, a podcast about living life on mission for the glory of God. My name is David Rudy. I'm the pastor at Doxa Church. And today I have Amanda with me. Hello, hello. Hello, Amanda. We had Ben and <laughs> life happened with Ben. Yeah. So it's he just. It bailed on us. Yeah. I'm
1: just
0: we love you, Ben. <laughs> we love you, Ben. <laughs> I know Ben gets to just listen like a regular fan tonight. <laughs> Uh, but we definitely will will miss his voice. But we're talking about rewards, eternal rewards. Amanda, how are you doing on your eternal rewards account? Oh, Are you man. earning a lot of rewards? I'm,
1: I feel like I need to take some withdrawals out. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to right now. Yeah.
0: That's not really a normal question that Christian brothers and sisters ask each other. Like, how are you doing on your rewards, right? It's one of those topics we don't talk about very much. There's a lot of haziness, you mm-hmm. could say around rewards. So we're going to tackle this subject today and it's going to be a little different. We only have two people around the table. So I'm going to go through a parable that Jesus taught Mm -hmm. about about rewards. Amanda, you're going to have just a regular posture and I'm Mm -hmm. looking forward to hearing hearing all about that. But we're going to just dive right in.
1: It never fails to amaze me how these podcast topics almost always come at a time when God has already been like revealing things to me in Mm. in my life. Um, And I feel that most of our listeners probably know me well enough to know by now that I speak a lot from personal experience. So I hope everybody's not tired of hearing about my life, but that's just...
0: (laughs) Hey, if they're still listening, we all talk about... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You They know about our kids by now. Exactly,
1: exactly. Exactly. Um, But God has really been working on me lately and refocusing me um, to what is most important, um, the most important task for us as believers on this earth, which is furthering his kingdom by sharing the message of the gospel.
0: Amen. We've seen a lot of that in second Corinthians. We have,
1: we have. So, um, if you know me by now and you've heard my story, you'll know that we're here in Spartanburg because my husband is attending medical school, which is to also reveal that as of now, we are in fact very poor. (laughs) So, (laughs) and you know, some days that fact weighs on me a lot more than others. Um, there's some days when I've, find my eyes drifting to the material things of this world and allowing myself to get distracted by their sparkle and their shine. Um, There's days I I long to take trips that I can't afford, you know, right now um, to places that I've only dreamed about going. And there's a lot of days when I question if I'm working enough, if I'm making enough money, you know, doing enough. Um, But I mean, don't mistake that for like poverty by any means. We are so fully blessed. You know, we've never had to struggle to pay bills or have food to eat. But unfortunately, our culture tells us that that's not enough. You know, just meeting your basic needs, our culture says, is just not enough, that we need more than that. And even as a Christian, it's very easy to get distracted by the lies that what we have been blessed with right now in this season is not enough.
0: Um, Yeah, that's so true. We look at the, just like we've been seeing, 2 Corinthians 4, we look at the things that are seen that we can touch and handle and feel right before our very eyes, and we don't think about the eternal things that we cannot see and Nick yeah, working in the ministry Yep. There you go. I mean, I'm, I don't want to steal any thunder, but you're <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're laying up treasure in heaven. You're earning rewards right there. Just yep. just with that with that position that you have right now.
1: But then that is, you know, and you know, as a pastor, I mean, a lot of those, like you said, those unseen things, it's hard when there's a lot of recognition in the world given to, to mm-hmm. other people and monetary recognition, you know, sometimes it'd be nice to make a little more of that. So, yeah. um, but I mean, honestly, lately, I'd kind of found myself in, in like a slump in the succession of those days. And I started thinking about, you know, our future, you know, the future where we're not poor. <laughs> because, you know, let's face it, my husband's working his butt off and doctors make some pretty good money. So this won't always be our struggle.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and sometimes I allow myself to get distracted from the now and begin to focus on the then. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with having something to look forward to. We all need that motivation. But I had begun to let the thought of finally having earthly means distract me from the real prize, which is our heavenly home. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually talking about First Corinthians a few weeks ago, Steve preached. um, on a passage. And while the whole sermon series, like you said, has been so much to this, that passage, it was one of those Sundays where it's like, you just know God is speaking to you specifically showing up mm-hmm. and it's like, all right, this mm-hmm. one's for you. Um, but, and if you haven't heard those, by the way, you can check them out on our sermon homepage, docs.church, a <laughs> little, little shameless plug for that. You can check them out <laughs> on our sermons, but they really have been awesome. And he was in second Corinthians, For, the whole passage was like 7 through 18, somewhere in there. But the verses that hit home for me were kind of what you were mentioning, David 16 through 18. Therefore, Mm -hmm. we do not give up, even though outwardly we are wasting away. Inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. Mm -hmm. For our momentary light affliction is producing in us an eternal weight of glory that far outweighs them all. Mm -hmm. So we do not focus on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Amen. And I'm sure a lot of us, if you grew up in church, you've heard those verses again and again, Um, but I think they're ones we really need to hear again and again. They're the ones we have to memorize and repeat to ourselves day in and day out that our treasure is not in this life. It is not in our health or our finances or our relationships. Um, Our promised treasure in Christ cannot ever be measured on this side of heaven and we will never be content with anything this earth could even give us as a reward. I mean, you know, if you work hard enough and you finally buy a new car, it depreciates like the second you drive off the lot.
0: <laughs> it's the most depressing static fact out there, how much money you lose as you drive it off the
1: yes. lot. Yes. And, you know, if you've been saving up and you finally get a nice house, and then the day after you move in, the A.C. breaks. We may or may not have actually experienced that, so (laughs) I can feel that. Um, And there are a lot of people, you know, you go from job to job, but you can never seem fully satisfied in the career you have. And any married person will be the first to tell you their spouse is definitely not always the treasure. You believed them to be on your wedding day. (laughs)
0: So, Wait, they're human?
1: I know. What? Um, But, I mean, we were given... That holy discontent for a reason, Mm -hmm. Um, because the things of this earth are not our reward. They can't give us that contentment we can only get from Christ. And as believers, our sole purpose in this life is to be obedient to God and following the unique purpose he has designed specifically for us. I mean, he can and will do it without us. He can further his kingdom without us. His will will be done, whether or not we choose to take part of it. Mm -hmm. But what a blessing it is when we do. You know, it's such a blessing to know that our heavenly father sees every sacrifice we make for his kingdom so that one day he may look at us and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Mm. I know that my desire is to live a life worthy of that praise Um, because I know that on that day, that commendation spoken from the lips of my father will mean more to me than any amount of earthly adoration I could ever receive. And no matter the cost, no matter the pain, no matter the momentary light afflictions, The joy of coming home to our Father and receiving all the praise and gifts for a life to live in pursuit of Him will make it all worth it in the end. You know, and and so what are those rewards? You know, we talk about the treasures in heaven. Mm -hmm. um, And David, you shared this with me, but um, the New Testament talks about the five different types of crowns we can receive. So quickly kind of run through those. But the first one is the crown of life. Um, and it's referred to in James 1, 12 and in Revelation two ten, and it's bestowed for all believers, but especially dear to those who persevere under trials for the sake mm-hmm. of the Lord. Jesus references this crown when he tells the church in Smyrna not to be afraid of what you are about to suffer. Be faithful even to the point of death, and I will give you the crown of life.
0: Yeah, that's these are amazing to think about these different crowns that are in the New Testament. They really fly under the radar a lot of times. But when you are going through trials in this life, every time you're you're receiving when you get through that, Mm -hmm. and you glorify God through that, you're receiving a crown, the crown of life. Like that's that's an amazing thing to think about. It and it's, really it's
1: pretty cool. I honestly hadn't even really, I've known about some of the, but I honestly haven't even really looked into it as much, you mm-hmm. know? So, I mean, it is pretty cool. I mean, literally the treasures are referenced. I mean, the crowns are referenced and it's pretty mm-hmm. neat that Jesus loved us enough to, to tell us some of the things
0: yeah. waiting for us in more. heaven. And there's, there's, there's so much more of that, yeah. you
1: know, we just have to be faithful to see, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but the next one was the incorruptible or imperishable crown. And that's in first, first Corinthians 9, 24 through 25. Um, and it's called the imperishable crown to contrast the perishable olive wreath crown that competitors, um, of the day won as their prize. Um, do you not, was that
0: big sports fan. He was, he was was like an Olympics running racing fan (laughs) all the way.
1: He would have had the March madness, the brackets. He would have been one of those guys. Yeah. 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 Um, but he said, you know, do you not know that those who run a race all run, but one receives the prize? Now, they do it for a perishable crown, but we do it for an imperishable crown. And as believers, faithful endurance in the race set before us, we will win a, a heavenly reward, which is an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, She says in 1 Peter 1.4. So then we have the crown of righteousness, and this one's talked about in 2 Timothy 4.8. And it is promised to those who love and anticipate the second coming of Christ. Um, and these are specifically the Christians that desire an intimacy with God. Um, Mm -hmm. this crown is not for those who depend on their own sense of righteousness or their own good works, but for those who have a strong desire to be with the Lord.
0: Yeah. Um, That one will make you think too. That's mm -hmm. just like, wow, there's, there's something there about having that desire and that craving to just await his, uh, his return.
1: Yeah. Am I leaning on my own sense of good works or am I leaning on God's righteousness? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then we have the crown of glory, 1 Peter 5, 4. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. And this crown is granted, granted to pastors and leaders. He was specifically talking to, I think, a group of elders, um, but who shepherd the flock in an unselfish love, being a good example to others. Um, the crown of glory reflects all of God's splendor and brightness. And it is the praise and honor we bestow only to him alone because he is worthy. And to me, that's pretty crazy to think about like literally getting a part of God's glory as a crown. I can't even <laughs> fathom that. I mean, it's just wild. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the last one is, is to me, the dearest, the crown of rejoicing, um, also known as the crown of exaltation. It is referenced in 1 Thessalonians two nineteen. This crown will be our reward where every tear is wiped away and there should be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There should be no more pain for the former things have passed away. Revelation 21, 4. Mm. Um, And I think with these as our focus, I'm not really sure how anything on this earth could ever come close to comparing you know, when you think about these crowns of glory and no more suffering and, you know, righteousness and all these things. No more like, tears. No more tears. Yeah. Like, what's a new car that <laughs> depreciates when you drive off the lot? You know, what I mean, really, there's literally nothing. There's nothing that can yeah. compare to that.
0: Um, it's like that Jim Elliott quote, right? Do you, do you remember this one? Like, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep mm-hmm. to gain what he cannot lose.
1: Yes. Yes. I love yeah. that. I love that. But it just, it really does. It makes me so thankful that we serve a God who sees our struggles, he sees our sacrifice, and he longs to reward us once we finally return home to him.
0: So Jesus taught with parables all the time. And I think it's super important that we understand before we go into Luke 19, that a parable isn't a fable, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like just some story written to teach kids a lesson from Uncle Aesop. A parable... Uh, I remember that I was growing up. Yeah, yeah. It's a story with people, with events that represents something on a deeper spiritual level. And, you know, you can misinterpret parables if everything represents mm-hmm. something you can really get in trouble <laughs> in yeah. the weeds pretty easily there uh but you can also miss a parable what it's really teaching if nothing you know if, if it doesn't represent anything if mm-hmm. you're just if you're just like Bitches loosely trying yeah. to like piece together some some moral lesson with it so whenever you come across a parable there's really three things you need to do first you have to define the variables so who's who And then discover the meaning, you know, what is Jesus teaching? What is his main point? And then once you get the variables, once you get the main number one overarching point, the meaning, then determine the application. What does this mean for you in your life right now? And I want to read through the parable of the 10 minutes. This is in Luke 19. And once we go through that, then we can kind of unearth this specific application that it has about eternal rewards. So this is going to start in verse 11, and I'll just read down all the way through verse 27. As they heard these things, he proceeded to tell a parable because he was near to Jerusalem and because they supposed that the kingdom of God was to appear immediately. He said, therefore, The first came before him saying, Lord, your minna has made 10 minnas more. And he said to him, well done, good servant, because you have been faithful in a very little. You shall have authority over 10 cities. And the second came saying, Lord, your minna has made five minnas. And he said to him, you are to be over five cities. Then another came saying, Lord, here is your minna, which I kept laid away in a handkerchief. For I was afraid of you because you are a severe man. You take what you do not deposit and you reap what you did not sow. He said to him, I will condemn you with your own words, you wicked servant. You knew that I was a severe man taking what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money in the bank and at my coming, I might have collected it with interest. And he said to those who stood by, take the mina from him and give it to the one who has 10 minutes. And they said to him, Lord, he has 10 minutes. I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. But as for these enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them, bring them here and slaughter them before me. So. Yes. Intense ending ending there. (laughs) It's not, uh, it's not rated G, (laughs) you know, on that, on that ending at all. Uh, but yeah, the the nobleman, obviously you have, who, who is that? Um, who's the nobleman representing and who are the servants? You know, what is, what is Jesus teaching? Well, Jesus is the nobleman Mm -hmm. who went into the far country to receive a kingdom. Mm -hmm. And then he said he would return. So he like, He's he's gone for this foreshadowing time period. There. Yeah, yep. yeah. It's yep. like, okay, I okay, I can see this. Like mm-hmm. Jesus will return to this earth. Uh the far country is representing that time lapse between, you know, when when we as as individual Christ followers give our life to him mm-hmm. and when he returns for us. The servants clearly are the Jesus followers, and a minna is like three months wage. Okay. So It's the money, the talents, the resources that we've been given. Mm -hmm. You could put in this category your personality, you know, your intellect, your energy, your health. Each one of us has been given a unique minna, a unique set of gifts. And when you think about this, Jesus gives all of us something to get something done. You know, he doesn't give us enough to individually change the world I mean mm-hmm. it's like one minute three months salary but he gives you a manageable enough amount to where you can prove your ability to make a return he gives you enough to see how how faithful mm-hmm. you will be so those are the variables in this and I think the first thing that when you f- when you read this that will that will like trip people up and they kind of want to get get over is like wait what is going on with all this? slaughtering people. And these people who don't, don't want Jesus (laughs) to reign over me. Um, I, I tell you what, like the truth is there are a lot of people who, when they hear, Oh, right, I need to invest and I need to engage in business until he returns. Well, I don't want to do that. I don't like how that sounds. What if I want to live my life and I want to like build up my own kingdom. Mm -hmm. And a lot of Christians would never say that out loud. Um, but they engage in their life in that way. And at least the person who's open and honest about it is (laughs) at least, you know, where you stand. Like, I don't want to live for Jesus. Um, and if that's you, Jesus talks about you in this story. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I know this is a podcast that is mostly listeners are from docs of church, but I also know we have, we have different people who listen to our podcast Mm -hmm. and some of these people that we don't even know, you know, Every other week we usually hear about a new person who listens to this, this podcast and we appreciate all of you. So I don't know where you're at with your faith mm-hmm. right now. Um, this is a topic that we could really spend a lot of time on, but the citizens that hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we do not want this man to reign over us, that's pretty clear who that is. That's, yeah. Those are the people who do not want to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You can't just rebel against your king you know, we don't have that right. He's the one who gave us life. And when you look at the story, the King is the one who gave you the minna, right? Mm -hmm. Like he is the, he is the all powerful, all knowing good, just King. So yeah, I mean, you can see that in verse 13. I I kind of already answered the question, like how did the (laughs) servants get the minna? Well, the King gave it to them. And in 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 first corinthians six nineteen through twenty you see this this same principle or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you whom you have from God you are not your own for you were bought with a price so glorify God in your body so if you are going you know to live your life for eternal rewards you really got to start right here
1: mm-hmm.
0: life isn't about me, it's actually about my King Jesus. Yep. And he bought me with a price. So I am now living to glorify God with my body. And and this is this is we have to have this foundation before we even step into the to the rest of the eternal rewards. Jesus has given you something to invest, and every person is given a minna. So how are we making our investments? Like, you know, we can take this to the spiritual level now. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's really that simple. He's using that same language, you know, Mm -hmm. engage in business. Have you ever made any, Wise investments, Amanda. Or I mean, you investments... know, I'm on the stock
1: market like all the time.
0: So. <laughs> yeah, like day trading. <laughs> yeah, day trading, yeah. As, <laughs> Bitcoin, as you take yeah. your kids to, to <laughs> gymnastics, Bitcoin. Yeah. Bitcoin in 2014. Yeah. That yeah, yeah, yeah. would have been a good investment. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> um, actually, I, I think probably uh, the obvious joint investment, but like our, our previous house that we bought, and it yeah. was definitely a God thing, but it, it worked out so good. I, just, I hated the house actually, but we bought it <sighs> for the location. Yeah. And when we sold it, we made a pretty good amount of money off of it. So that was probably go. the most substantial investment that we've made yeah. thus far.
0: So That's like the best way to I mean, do you really it.
1: can't go wrong with like land and house, you know, it's you a pretty good investment.
0: You can't. I, I invested in gold when, when I was in high school because oh, my dad okay. like helped mm-hmm. me out. I bought some gold in, in 2001 for, it was like $250 an ounce. Mm-hmm. So I think I bought I think I bought one ounce.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um,
0: and that was like a the, good paycheck. Yeah, from yeah, work, it, was. it was. That yeah. was like my whole, <laughs> yeah, probably two weeks paycheck. <laughs> but I was like, all right, yeah, I got this. And and then like a couple years later, I think I was ready to pay for my sophomore year of college. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh wow, gold's gone up. It's like. I think it was like three hundred dollars an ounce. I, I mean, it wasn't okay, much, but it's like okay, it's gone up. Yeah. I sell, I sell it, and then like the very next year, it just starts trickling up. And now, like, what is gold like a thousand dollars an ounce, something man. like? I haven't even looked. I haven't looked in over a year. Yeah, yeah. That I'm not really a great, great investor <laughs> myself. But here's the thing: he begins to call the servants in. They're 10 servants. Now we don't get to see how all 10 of them did, but we mm-hmm. see enough to get the idea. You know, the first one in verse 16, he he takes that one minute and he turns it into 10. Uh, and there's, there's commendation, you know, what a great investment. This is like the guy who bought Coca-Cola stock in like yeah. 1900, the early 1900s, yeah. right? Like, well done, because you've been faithful in very little, you shall have authority over 10 cities. And I think this is actually interesting that he talks about cities in this parable because... Jesus also talks about, like, ruling over cities with his apostles as well. Mm. Like, um, so I don't think we're that far off. There are going to be, like, um, there's going to be different areas in the new earth. The new earth is going to be massive, but... You know, that's well, that's true. a topic for another day, but mm-hmm. this isn't necessarily just that far off base. Like who knows, but the next guy doesn't do quite as well and he doesn't do bad either. You know, he, he's like, here's it, it turned I turned this into five minutes and Jesus says, all right, great. You're going to be over five cities. It's not like the King isn't upset. There's this inherent, just built in like commendation. All right, great. I'm ready to reward you too. So that's intrinsic within the text. And then you see this next, next servant come in. Um, so yeah, so you don't see the commendation there verbally, but it's intrinsic within the text. He's all right. Five cities are there for Mm -hmm. you, you, for there for you to rule. And so I think we have to ask ourselves here, you know, at this point, just to personalize this a little bit, like, am I giving full energy to the pursuit of engaging in business? Mm -hmm. You know, am I like a businessman or a businesswoman? Or am I more like a trust fund baby where it's just yeah. like, I've been given this stuff and I'm just using it. I'm just burning through it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like we can't be spiritually speaking just like a free rider or or a beach bum with our life. We we are called to engage in business until he comes. But the rewards piece is something that, you know, we may as well just talk about right here because mm-hmm. this is this is really where it's at it isn't that easy to talk about earning rewards in heaven i mean why why do you think that is amanda
1: i think just like it, with most people that talk of money makes people really uncomfortable and i think that kind of translates over to spiritual rewards you know i mean mm-hmm. It's kind of that weird, we're taught to store rewards in heaven, but yet we're also not taught to, like, care about money, and, and yeah. so it's that weird. Nobody really yeah. talks about how we work for rewards, and so I just think people just kind of feel in between, so they just don't talk about it, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Like, just, yeah, it's You true. don't we're, know, so you don't talk about we're it. We're not sure. We don't. Yep. Yeah, you're right. And, I mean, we don't want to fall into performance-based religion. Exactly. Either. You know, there's this ugly, nasty side of religion that says, like, you perform and you achieve this for God, and yep. he will bless your life, like... Prosperity Prosperity, gospel is a huge problem in America. So I get that, but we can't overreact either. Um, You know, the heart of Christianity is a relationship with God based on mercy and grace. And we can't do anything to please God on our own. Mm -hmm. We certainly aren't banking on our own performance. Thank God for that. Yes. Like, so I understand. I understand at the end of the day, the dilemma that people have. Um, and the last thing I want to do and, and Amanda, you want to do here is, mm-hmm. is this podcast is give you a charge to go there and just work harder, Yep. you know, yep. engage in business. Get
1: those just, rubies for your crown. There yeah, you go. <laughs> yeah. Like
0: don't, don't slave away at that point. Like we're not supposed to, you know, work six, 12 hour days, um, killing our body, forsaking the rhythms of, of rest and, and relaxation yep. and, and you, you know, restoration. So God, God lays all that out. Like mm-hmm. he rested, you know, he gave us that example. Um, and Philippians 2, 13 says for it is God who works in you both to will and the work for his good pleasure. So if anything is going to happen, it's going to be through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yep. Anyway, that's all, that's all baked into this, but we don't want to live for Jesus and make our number one goal to earn rewards. So, so where do they really fit in? the Bible does teach us to to store up treasure in heaven and lay up treasure in heaven. And this isn't just a participation trophy that everybody's going to get. There are actual right. rewards clearly in this passage dished out based on the level of the glory that we brought God with our lives. Mm-hmm. So how do we make sense of this? And I think for me, as I have pondered about this, I've, I've used this as an illustration before, but like, I think, I like to just think of something I love to do, all right? Like all right, so I love I love playing with my kids. And it's a it's a blast. We I got a bike this year for my mm-hmm. birthday. Beck Beckham has a bike he got for his birthday. We fixed Paxton's bike. Barely. It's somehow hanging <laughs> it's on. Hanging, hanging on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like I love getting out there. We jump on the trampoline. We'll ride bikes. I, I also right saw the,
1: the golf the golfing course you oh, mowed into the. Yes. Side yard. That's amazing. Yes.
0: That's yeah. Amazing. There's like an empty field next to our house. <laughs> and Beckham had the idea. Dad, what if we mowed a little golf hole? Like, yeah. That's great. We have a great time out there. I, I love it. Um, but the motivation for me is not just to play with my boys so that one day they're going to take care of me when I'm old. You know, that, that's not the motivation. Remember kids,
1: don't put me in that nursing home. I played with you. you (laughs) Yeah, right,
0: right. I mean, the more time I spend with them, I do know, you know, the better their life is going to be. If, if I'm a loving father who's spending the right, the right quality time with them, that is going to benefit them. So there's a little motivation there for sure, but it's not the driving, driving factor, When I, when I play with my boys, I know that I am investing in them and I do it because I love them. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the way we wrap our mind around eternal rewards with God, our father. You know, if I'm just playing with them so that they will become well-adjusted citizens, yeah, and, and and that that's that's and that they will have decent jobs and take care of me. You know, I'm not going to be a very good dad. I'm going to mm-hmm. be doing the bare minimum. I'm not going to actually do it out of love, and that will show. The emotions will show there. Just like if we just serve God for the rewards and we turn the entire thing into performance. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna be a relationship of the heart and it won't last for long. And it won't it won't even be quality when we do it. Yep. So we have to do this out of love. Rewards are really just the bonus byproduct of like a good father who's mm-hmm. like, All right, I'm ready to reward you. Exactly. Like, We both have kids, like when they do good in school or they do something great, like it's fun to reward them. Like, Mm -hmm. all right, hey, soccer game was great. Paxton, you scored these goals. Let's go get an ice cream cone. Like, it's just like, it's a fun thing to do, to reward. And I think that's God. He, you know, obviously we don't, he doesn't owe us anything. Like he he gave us everything, but it's his heart of love, um, where he wants to pour out more and more blessing on us. And it's just an absolute bonus. Mm Mm-hmm. So really when you look at the rest of this, this, uh, this, this passage here, verses 20 through 26, this is where it really kind of gets intense. It gets real. Because there are no, there are no excuses. You know, the, the other servant comes in and he's like, here's your minnow, which I kept laid away in a handkerchief. I was afraid of you because you were a severe man. You take what you do not deposit. You reap what you do not sow. This guy is just delusional right off the bat. He's, he's acting like the minna was his to begin with. And he's like, well, I knew you would take what's not yours. He's like, wait, what are you talking about? Like Mm -hmm. the Lord gave you the minna. And so that's where the nobleman's like, I will condemn you with your own words. Mm -hmm. Um, He's calling his bluff. He's saying you either don't know me as king or you were a liar. If you thought that I was a severe, harsh man, there is no way you would sit on your hands the entire time I was gone knowing that I always return. You're either lying to cover up your laziness or you don't know me at all. Like he just does not agree with that statement. He doesn't let that excuse fly. He calls it out. And Jesus doesn't doesn't take excuses. You know, he isn't, he isn't gonna, he's not gonna let that let that ride. So when people this and I think really in real life if you just again personalizing this when we look around and we see my nice business, my family, the success I have, a lot of times we can think I earned this. Yes. I did this. When really it is the king who gave you that talent, the king who gave you that intellect, that ability, the circumstances, the family, whatever it was that mm-hmm. set you up for that. So this whole part where the nobleman takes the minna from the guy who has one minna and he gives it to the one who has 10 minas. Mm-hmm. You're like, whoa, what is this? Is Jesus taking from the poor and giving it to the rich? <laughs> I'm like, is Jesus a Republican here? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I'm totally kidding because, oh. you, you know, no, I don't think anybody really thinks that anymore. Right. Right. If anyone is, is taxing the wealthy, I don't think it's, it's the, uh, it's the Republicans. Um, (laughs) no, but, but that's just not going to fly. Like you're, you're never, no one, this just sounds totally radical. Like who would it today's day and age, like, Mm -hmm. like what taking away the one and giving it to the person with 10. And I think in sports, there's, there's two types of players to really, again, let's use another analogy to kind of like understand this Mm -hmm. one. There's players who reach their potential and max out their abilities that they have been given. Mm -hmm. And then there's players who are like lazy with the talent that they have been blessed with. Mm -hmm. And they just like coast on, on their talent. And if you've ever played basketball and you've seen that guy who is short and you know, he's not the most gifted physically, but he loves the game Mm -hmm. and and he's aggressive. He's tenacious. His game has polish, you know, and then you can even see the other flip side of this is the guy who's 6'5", who's always been a better athlete. He has the ability, but he he can't make a jump shot to save his life because he's just a raw athlete out there. And I guess you could also put, I don't know, could you put this analogy into like the beauty makeup world? The, some ladies who are like, they just go all in, like they they mm-hmm. know like, hey, I'm going to max out. My potential, yeah, 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 for sure. Exactly. We probably shouldn't. We probably should go back to the basketball illustration, though, so we don't (laughs) get in trouble. Um, But, but, yeah, like if you had the ability to give one of those two types of people Mm -hmm. more talent, Mm -hmm. and you're talking about investing into eternity, what? Who are you going to give it to? You know, who would you choose? You know it's a pretty easy choice. Like it's the person who cares, who has heart.
1: It's the, it's the captain America choice. He, he's the little, I mean, really, like yeah. think about the first movie, that's exactly what that made me think of. Like, he's the little guy, you know, they do like the tryouts for right. who, who can get the, who can get the special serum or whatever. And like, he's the little guy, but he has the most heart and he gets yeah. it. You know, it doesn't give it to the guy who thinks he's got everything, you know, yeah. it's that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. And there's so many passages of scripture. Jesus uses this, this, he teaches on this numerous times mm-hmm. in the gospels. The reality is you get more when you use what you are given to whom, to whom much, you know, when you are faithful and little, God will reward you with, with more. Yeah. Um, so you, you just have to think like, wow, God will invest more in you. He will bless you with more. He will give you more opportunity when you show that you are faithful. Jesus has called you onto the team. He he wants you to be his his partner. And when we think, oh, I can't tithe yet, I can't sacrifice yet, I need to get my act together, and then I can help yep. help you, God. Yep. Then I can really like do work for you. Like that's so backwards. Because God has already given what you need to take that first step. Mm-hmm. You know, we have nothing to bring to the table on our own apart from him anyway. There really isn't any excuses. God give you more if you're not obediently trusting him with what he has already given you? This is about this and this is about monetary generosity, but it's also more than that. What you are doing with the gifts of mercy and encouragement that you've been given with, how are you investing your time? You know, what do your weekends look like? Do they only revolve around your pleasure every single weekend or do they, they include like you know resting and relaxing getting that in there and also serving other people and helping out other people
1: I think like, I think that's a hits home with a lot of, you know, I mean, you think about that, like my weekends, usually weekends are spent doing things that you want to do. And then now, Mm -hmm. especially even now, like I realize a lot of people are still a little bit fearful and I I get it, but like now you can watch church at home. So why even go to church? You know, I mean, like there's a lot of that. I mean, what are we really sacrificing if we can just be comfort and, you know, live it up. So,
0: yeah. And when people, and when people take that approach, You know how is the church going to grow? How is the church going to invest in other people? Like, how are how are you? You know how are you yourself going to going to grow to the point where you need to? When you have so many other things like that are in that room, the conversations, the prayers, the voices in the room, like, you know, we can't use our spiritual gifts if we're just a consumer on the couch.
1: Exactly, it's just
0: it's not going to last. And I think a lot of people are in that place too, where they've for. Almost a year. Yep. They've they've done the church at home thing, and now it's hard to actually get back in. Oh yeah, and, really and I get be it. A member of the church. I yeah. get
1: it. Yeah, you get comfortable. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So, verse twenty-seven makes it clear the stakes don't really get any higher. Um, what you do with Jesus Christ is the most important decision you will ever make. And if you go back to verse fourteen, you know there was this delegation of people that did not want the the king to reign over yep. them. Not everyone loves Jesus, you know. We we see that today. Many people hate Jesus. They may not always vocalize it that specific way, but as followers of Christ, we can't be naive. Yeah, the majority of people do not want Jesus to be the king of their life. They don't. They 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 want to do what they want to do. Yep. And Jesus said, "Those who are not with me are against me." These are these are people who are in rebellion against their Creator. And I know we have a podcast here that's mostly a Christian audience. But as I said, I know some of some of you may be listening and you you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, So the invitation is here. Like this is the invitation like that this parable leaves with us. Like the king has not returned yet. The king is returning. But there is still time. There is still time to repent. There's time to believe. There's time to invest.
1: And that's like uh, Steve mentioned in his sermon. He's talking about, you know, those that are Christians, but they get there and they're still smoking. Like they've just barely escaped the fire. You know, you kind of mentioned that. And I just thought that was a funny mental image. Like, you're there. You're in heaven. But you just, I mean, you barely got there. You know, I mean, we don't want to get to heaven and it be like that. Like, you're saved. But exactly. What else is there? You know?
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um, You know, we either we either get nothing because mm-hmm. we never go to Christ, yep. or or even you barely get there and you yeah. never served him, right? Um, I mean, you in that scenario, if you actually turn to Christ, you're gonna have a relationship with Him. Don't right. don't get right. me wrong, we we we're not right. saying that, but if you've never repented and confessed and turned to Him, right? Like you're not gonna have anything. Or you can turn to Christ. You can live for him. You can give him your life and get everything in return. Mm-hmm. You can actually get peace that surpasses understanding. You can get the ability to work through trials mm-hmm. and, and to, to be used by God in a way that's going to bring him more glory, that's going to affect other people. So it's like with Christ, we get everything. Like yeah. That's what we were created to do. We were created to have a relationship with our God. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's that simple. It's engage in business until he returns and he will bless. Well, that's all we have for tonight. Hopefully this was a helpful conversation for you. Maybe it sparked some thoughts. Maybe you um, can now see this whole topic in a slightly different light. If this is all new information for you and you have questions about it, please do reach out to us. We would always love to have that conversation. You know, you can, you, you may be listening to this on Spotify. You may be listening to this on iTunes, you know, pretty much any platform is out there. You know, please subscribe that, that, that goes a long way. It helps our message get out to more people. But if you would like to engage with us and, and just share, share a question, share a thought, we would love to hear from you. And you can do that at doxaupstate.church and then right under, under, connect there is a podcast page where you can type in comments and let us know everything that's going on in your life we love to hear from you and we really appreciate all the support those likes those um, those shares and those subscribes are very very helpful so we have maybe one more regular podcast here before we're going to go into a little bit slightly different season in the summer um, but I know got graduations and all that good stuff coming up so Stay safe out there, have have a blast, and enjoy investing in the kingdom until he returns. Until then, you are left.